I want to tell you a little bit today about three stories. I bet most of you know perhaps all three, or at least a couple of them. I was lucky enough to be present last Sunday to hear local actor Doug Day do a gorgeous reading of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol at the GAR Hall downtown. You've heard a passage from it already this morning. This story is a story of personal transformation, a mean-spirited, selfish, an oppressive old man moves from one spiritual condition to a radically different one in the course of one night. He gets a visit from his old business partner, Marley, who comes from the beyond to deliver a warning to the grouchy old miser, and Marley announces the arrival of three spirits who will visit during the night. Are they really spirits? Or maybe just very vivid dreams? Or are they perhaps, as Scrooge tries to rationalize, an undigested bit of mutton? Who can say? But one thing is certain. Scrooge's eyes and heart are opened, and when he wakes up in the morning, he is a different person. He is generous. He is energetic. He is enthusiastic. He is loving. And he is actually happy with his life. He's so happy he can hardly even contain himself. Now, Charles Dickens who was a Unitarian, we might as well get that little plug in right away, <laughs> does not attribute Scrooge's conversion to a traditional conversion story. It's not about Jesus particularly. What happens is that Scrooge sees himself and his relationships with other people in a completely new light. He sees himself as a young man when he was happy and had a sister who cared for him and a young woman who cared for him and a good job working for old Fezziwig who would roll the carpet up on Christmas Eve and they would dance together. He sees how harsh he has become. He sees how mean he has been to his friendly and forgiving nephew, and how oppressive he has been to his employee, Bob Cratchit, whose family just barely makes it along, and whose son, Tiny Tim, is on the road to an early death. And he sees the future, and he sees how scornful people will be of him when he's gone and how they will make jokes about he didn't have any friends. And they would only go to his funeral if they were promised a good lunch. And they steal the curtains from his bedroom. Because what difference does it make? He's just an old dead man. 
And he sees the distinct possibility that he'll end up like Marley, not being thrown into hell for his beliefs, but dragging around the weight of his own actions in life. Marley, his business partner, Scrooge says to Marley, you were always a good man of business. And Marley exclaims, business? Mankind was my business. And this is the great truth that Scrooge learns before it is too late for him. That it is in his relationships with others that he will be saved. It's through love and generosity and treating Bob Cratchit fairly that he will find joy in his life. It's through helping the poor and not condemning them that his wealth will actually have value. So Scrooge's transformation is personal, but it's also social. He sees the world through new eyes. He realizes that prisons are not the answer. They are part of the problem. That his greed produces misery for himself. And that in short, sharing with humanity is his business, his real business. That will give him joy and literally a new life. Dickens was a profoundly progressive thinker and his character Scrooge, who is now famous, points us all in the direction of a far less greedy and far more generous and just society. And the message is delivered in sync with Christmas, which is completely sensible to anyone who reads the story of Christmas, of the Prince of Peace, who is going to heal the sick and feed the hungry and lift up the spirits of the despised people of the world. That's what it says. So it is a match. And if you haven't seen one of the wonderful movie versions of that story, then I hope you do that. Or read it. In The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, another Unitarian author known as Dr. Seuss, I didn't pick him that way, by the way, just <laughs> tells the story of another hard-hearted, mean, selfish, imaginary character who is so grumpy and grouchy that he feels compelled to actually steal all the Christmas presents from the Who's who live down in Whoville. There's a movie version with Jim Carrey, by the way, if you want to watch it. I saw it in the chiropractor's office, actually. <laughs> but the Grinch gets transformed in the end, too. In the tale of the Grinch, 
It is the singing of the Who's. The Who's down in Whoville, whose presence he has stolen during the night, get up in the morning, and even though the presents are all gone, they start singing anyway. And this blows the Grinch's mind, that they could be happy even without the stuff. It just blows his mind. And he has a transforming experience, and the book says his heart grew three sizes that day. And if you watch the movie, you get to see the heart <laughs> getting bigger. He is so amazed that they would still sing that he gets the message that happiness is not located in the physical presence, but in the love which they represent. He gets it through the music. And we all know that music has this power to transform our perspective. In, in a moment, music could transform our perspective. The Grinch also realizes how profoundly lonely he is and how much of the who happiness is communal. He sees that. He, he sees that it's in how they treat each other. It's how they live together in peace. It's their sharing society where love is the currency, not physical wealth. Once again, a story which critics have noted follows the pattern of A Christmas Carol. The mean guy gets transformed himself. Even the meanest guy gets transformed. This is a kind of universalism, by the way, folks. That the mean people also make it. What a cool idea. Even the people who are mean and grouchy. They are going to make it too. The Grinch experiences love. And after that, he will never be the same again. Now, I don't have any UUs that I can point to who are part of It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> the third story I wanted to say something about. And if you haven't seen this movie, then you really just should... Get it on, on demand or whatever it takes. Netflix, I don't know what we have to do. But it's really worth seeing. And in this movie, there's a character called Mr. Potter. And Mr. Potter is the meanest man in town. He is the banker. He owns everything and he doesn't like anybody. He says at one point, he says, I know everybody hates me, but I don't care because I don't like them either. He is the meanest man in town. Played by Lionel Barrymore, by the way, in the movie, superbly. Unlike the other two stories, Potter does not get transformed in this story. He's still mean at the end, so we don't know what happens to Mr. Potter. And if we're universalists, we could believe that maybe something else good happens to him. But It's a different kind of story. But the main character, George Bailey, who is a young man who grows up and his father owns the savings and loan, 
And George wants to travel. He desperately wants to go to Venice and Istanbul and the South Sea Islands. And he has a suitcase. And he, that's all he wants to do is get out of this little one-horse town. But his father dies and he takes over the savings and loan, which is the one organization in the community that really works for the people and gives middle class and poor people loans so that they can buy houses. He falls in love, has four beautiful kids, and dedicates his life to keeping a struggling but crucial community organization from being taken over by the greedy old potter. Now in Scrooge's case, we get to see someone who sees the negative effects of his own life. The spirits reveal to him the negative effects of his life, but in George's case, we get to see the beauty of his life. We get to see how much good he has done in his life, and he gets to see it too. And when his life is struck by a crisis which seems absolutely beyond any solution and that is going to wreck his life completely, the writers employ a similar path of realization for George as Charles Dickens did for Scrooge. But instead of three ghosts, George gets one bumbling but good-hearted angel. An angel who is really not experienced or smooth or uh, confident, but whose heart is in the right place. And through this mechanism of the story, George gets to see all the difference he's made in people's lives. And he gets to see the good things he has done, and he gets to see how wonderful his life has been, even though at that moment it seems beyond any hope, just absolutely beyond hope. And in that moment, he sees that really it is a wonderful life, and his life has been wonderful. And he is transformed, and he, he is filled with love and, and hope and generosity. And he runs through the streets singing, saying Merry Christmas to everyone, and he sees Mr. Potter, who's trying to put him in prison, and yells out, Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! And in one of the great closing scenes of all time, he arrives home ready to go to prison for the jam he is in, and the whole community is there. Everyone, everyone except Potter, is there to offer support and to bail him out of this jam. And we see that it's not just a personal thing that happens to us, it's a communal thing as well. In all three of these stories, we see that it's how we are linked to other people that is, in a way, how we get saved. It's the love and generosity that passes between us. And it's not just people we know either. It's people out there that we don't even know, the people that Scrooge says, are there no workhouses? It's those people, too, which Scrooge realizes at the end. And it's all the people we've helped and known and loved and even just maybe gave a donation to a camp somewhere and didn't even know those people. It's all of those relationships that become the transforming power. 
Potter clearly represents the mean side of capitalism. He's the mean capitalist. But the movie doesn't say that capitalism is horrible because we get an example of another guy who's a big, rich capitalist who's George's friend and who bails him out as well and has, has the generous heart. So it's very social. But everybody can make it in the system as long as our hearts are in the right place. George's revelation is not just personal, but it's related to economic justice. We get a beautiful picture in that movie of two police officers who are these warm, caring people who care for the community, and everybody trusts them. We get that vision as well, which we need so much right now. We get a vision of a community where people have their places and they do their jobs and they're honest and they're cooperating, cooperative and they share with each other. And George, who wants everyone to have a home, and that impulse is what helps create true community in Bedford Falls. One doesn't need to be rich to be happy. In some ways, it might be an impediment. It might make it more difficult, but the rich people can be happy too. Everybody can if their heart is open. Happiness in these stories is about extending ourselves to others in love. That's what happiness is about. It's available to everyone. Our culture right now at Christmas time is really struggling over our relationships with almost everybody. Are we going to splinter into subgroups that can't trust each other? Are we going to close our doors to refugees in need? Are there no workhouses for them to go to? Are we going to close our doors to maybe an entire religion on planet Earth where one people out of one person out of every five people on the planet belong to that religion? One person out of every five people. Maybe it would be a good idea just to say none of those 20% of the population can come here anymore. So maybe that's a wonderful idea, but it's not the open heart. Are we going to view each other with increasing suspicion, or are we going to find ways to bridge these really deep gaps of cultural understanding that exist between groups in our country? Are the police going to be restored to the role that we all want them to be where we feel comfortable asking them for help and confident that they're going to do the right thing like it's Bert and Ernie by the way in, are the police officers that's where those two names came from in, are we going to view the police like Bert and Ernie or is it going to be something much more troubling and alienating for different groups of people? How can we protect ourselves from real dangers without going down an ever-escalating path towards war? How can we find the peace on earth that is the slogan of this season? That's what it's all about. So these are absolutely crucial questions for us, and our answers to these questions will determine the trajectory of our country.
for a long, long time in the future. The Christmas story and all these other stories, many of them at least, that are told and retold every year, Sometimes with these stories, they get told so many times we don't hear them anymore. But these stories that I've shared with you this morning are not ambiguous about where the healthy pathway lies. If we get sucked in by a message based on fear or distrust or greed, the Scrooge message, it will not lead to the celebratory world that we want to be in. It won't lead there. If we follow a path of cutting off others, whether it's personally or socially, it will not make us deeply happy to be alive. It won't give us that glow. It won't enhance our lives. Even though it's difficult at times, the path of caring relationship of generosity over greed and community over isolation and love over fear is the road that leads to the peace we seek. It leads to loving rather than fearing our neighbor. It leads to the welcome table where everyone has a place and every person has hope for a good life. So these Models and stories are all around us. And there are many of them right now. And these truths come to us in these charming fables whose historical accuracy is not needed for them to tell us the truth. That is not the point. And the negative examples are also all around us. Whether it be Scrooge or the Grinch or Mr. Potter, or maybe it's the harsh noise we hear on the news shows of rhetoric that is divisive and in some cases hateful. It's in those examples too. The stories of the season counsel us to stay on the path of compassion for others, of working cooperatively with people of all faiths and people of no faith, people from everywhere. The path of seeing how life is far more wonderful when it is shared. To update Dickens just a bit, humanity is our business. And that means everyone. Or as the old story ends, God bless us.